The following audio is from the Grove Church Snohomish campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. Well, again, I want to welcome you to the Grove Church Snohomish. My name is Andrew. I'm so happy that you're here today. And if you have a Bible, we're going to be in the book of Psalms, Psalms 121, kind of directly in most Bibles, directly in the middle of your Bible, Psalms 121. We continue this series today called Happy Trails, where we're specifically looking at the Psalms of Ascent. If you missed last week, I'm going to kind of just briefly talk through a little bit of the background here. But the Psalms of Ascent are found in Psalms 120 chapter 120 through Psalms 131. And what the Psalms of Ascent are is the people of Israel's story and their story of them traveling to Jerusalem for three different feasts at three different times of the year. And so we'll be talking a little bit about those feasts again, but that's kind of the purpose of this of this series is, is kind of put ourselves in that place of, of a journey or traveling and basically ascent or ascent basically just means to rise or to move up or to climb up. And so that's what we're talking about here as we're going through um, these Psalms. As the video showed today, um, we have iHeart, one of our biggest outreaches that we do as a church. Uh, Registration is already open. It goes basically July 16th through the 20th. It's an opportunity for us to partner with schools and parks and uh, community all around Snohomish, Marysville, Lake Stevens, Arlington, Tulalip. And we just basically extend the hands and feet of Jesus by adopting parks and putting on block parties and doing all sorts of awesome cleanup efforts. So that's coming up. Love for you to be a part of that. Before we jump into the message today, I wanted to share a little bit of a win that I think is an important reminder for all of us here who maybe uh, this isn't your first time, but if it is your first time, I think this is a great Sunday for you to be here. But as you know, every single Sunday, we have new people that come to the church to check it out for the very first time. And sometimes being a new person in a church setting, if you don't know anybody, it can be a little intimidating. And I've always kind of prided ourselves as a church of being kind of an outward church. We're always looking at the next person that we can greet and welcome. Welcome and make Phil amazing here at the Grove Church. And so uh, this week, we had about four different guests come to our church. And every single week when a guest comes through our church and they fill out a connect card, which is, again, why we talk about that card every week, we usually have a little follow-up strategy that we do where I'll call them and uh, other people will send them something in the mail. It's just our way of just saying thank you for coming to the church. Well, this past week, I was doing my normal follow-up, and I sent this message to a couple that came last week, and I thought it was pretty important what their response was. I basically just said, hey, thanks for coming. Hope you had a great experience. If you have any questions about the church or if you need prayer for any reason, love to pray for you, you know, let us know. And uh, they sent me this response back that I thought was pretty powerful. It said, good morning, Andrew. We've been looking for a new church and haven't been to quite a few recently, and this is the first time we've had someone reach out and welcome us. So thank you. Uh, that's really awesome that you guys do that. And then they ask for prayers as they're expecting their first child in November. And I scared them a ton about what it means to become a first-time parent. It was awesome. But um, we had some good laughs there. But it is that cool reminder, just some little bit of vision for you here today. It is that really important reminder that if you grew up in church or this environment is very kind of normal to you and you just find very ease and comfort in here, that there's a lot of people when they first walk through the doors of a place like this or really any church that it can be very, very intimidating. It actually can be pretty overwhelming to go like, oh, the meet and greet time, like I got to say hi to someone, I don't know anybody. And so I just want to encourage you as a church 
Now, one of the best things that you and I can do when we come through the doors here is to look outside of the group that we normally know, look, look outside the people and the faces that are familiar to us and go, hey, you know, I've never seen that person before. I've never seen that person before. And what can I do to make them feel welcome? Because I think this is a testament right here and a witness to the kind of church that we're trying to become, a friendly, outward, outgoing, there's always room for one more. Can I hear an Amen. Amen. Well, hey, as we continue to jump in this series, Happy Trails, there's a story that happened uh, this week that I want to jump into here in a moment. But as we look to this uh, passage of Scripture and we look to the Psalms of Ascent, I want to read what this guy by the name of Josh Woody said about the Psalms, just to get us to kind of appreciate even more the Psalms and, and what it offers to us. This is what he says in his book. He says, the Psalms were written to help us put our feelings in the right place, because the Psalms are real and honest. They pull no punches. They tell it as it is. The Psalms say things that we feel, but sometimes are afraid to say out loud. And I love this description of the importance of the Psalms because sometimes we can sing words that we can't even actually utter in our own you know, verbal talking voices because of different things that we're going through in life. But what, what's so amazing about the Psalms is a lot of times the Psalms are written in first person. So rather than it being like third person, like we, it's like, I feel this way or God, where are you? And why have you forsaken me? And so it takes on these emotions and these feelings and these really big, big highs, but also the deepest lows that really help us understand our feelings, our emotions, and why they're so important in life. One other author said this about the Psalms of Ascent, specifically Psalms 120 through 131, that when you read the Psalms of Ascent, you should think of yourself as embarking. You are starting a journey. It is your journey. It is, it is all in relation to God, centers on God, and is attended to honor God. Again, imagining ourselves embarking on a journey or going somewhere as we read through these psalms. I think this psalm will help us, the Psalms 121, you'll appreciate it more if I start off with this story here. This is a story about a gal by the name of Amanda Eller. So recently, she was lost hiking in the Maui forest for 17 days. She went on a basic hike and lost track of her car and had no idea where to go back. She had no phone or GPS tracking device, and she tried to survive these 17 days. She quoted, uh, after she was rescued, she said, I wanted to give up 35 from her hospital bed late Friday night. She survived on wild fruit, water, grit, and determination. On Friday, searchers in a helicopter spotted her, spotted her near a creek bed, and she was airlifted to safety about two hours later. Eller suffered a leg fracture and abrasions, was sunburned and hungry, but otherwise in good shape. Her family said, she said that in the forest, he was the most difficult of her life. She said there were times of total fear and loss and wanting to give up. She goes on to say that it came down to life and death and I had to choose. I chose life. I wasn't going to take the easy way out. As we look to Psalms 121, this can be nicknamed the Psalms of Help. And we can imagine someone like Amanda getting lost for 17 days in the Maui forest. Some of the feelings and the, and the emotions that she had to fight against and go through, I think, 
are along these same lines in the Psalms of help. There are probably times in our lives where we feel just like Amanda that we are lost and have no idea how to make our way back to where we began. There are times in our lives just like Amanda where we feel all alone and no one's there to help us when we cry out in pain and heartache. Again, 17 days in a complete forest, no idea where anyone's at, no idea where to go. Just like Amanda, there are times in our lives when we need a guide and a direction on where to go, and yet we have no way of knowing where to turn. There's also times in our lives, just like her, where we get physically hurt or emotionally hurt or injured, and we need a rescue. We need a redemption. We need someone to help us. And there are times in our lives, just like Amanda, where we want to give up and we would just love to quit. And we need to be reminded that we can do this, that we have to choose the right thing in the right season, even when we're afraid. Psalms 121 here on the screen, but maybe also in front of you in the Bible there. It says in verse one, a song of ascent. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Let's pray for God's word today. Lord Jesus, again, we thank you so much, God, for an important psalm today, God, nicknamed a psalm of help. That, Lord, there are times in our lives and we could literally be sitting here, standing here today, Lord, and we desperately need your help. God, there's moments where we're afraid. There's moments where we feel alone. There's moments where we feel, God, a sense of doubt. There's moments, God, where we feel amazing. But God, in all of the emotions and all the fears and all the doubts, God, it is your love, it is your grace, it is your help that we can look to today. And so I pray, God, that we would once again picture ourselves as, a, as on a happy trail, God, embarking on a journey of life and looking to you, God, and finding your help in every circumstance and situation we face. It's in your good name we pray. Amen. Verse one through two here says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Again, the people of Israel on their journey to Jerusalem, and it's the people of God who would look to the hills around Jerusalem and they would wonder and ask this question, where does my help come from? And I think this is an important question that you and I have to answer today. Where does my help come from? Because a lot of times we get help from a lot of different places. And I want to talk about those for a little bit here today. At times, we look to people first before ever looking to God for help. That when we're in our deepest and darkest of times, rather than first looking to God, we sometimes look to people to find the answers that we need. Going on here, does my help come from what some would say is nature? 
That when I'm lost, I can look to the hills or to the stars or to the sky and somehow try to get some type of positive message or good feeling from out in creation and looking to get power from that. Some look, at, look for help to people rather than to God. Some look to help in nature rather to, than God. Some look to get help from things like what we would see as very popular today, social media outlets. Now you're in a crisis, you're in a moment of chaos, you're in a moment of panic and help, and all of a sudden you post about it, get the comments, get the reviews, and a lot of times what happens in our lives is rather than first looking to God, we find ourselves looking to other things and other places for the help that we really need. The writer says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Genesis 2.4 says, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Isaiah 37, 16, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. See, the answer, I lift my eyes to the hills, from where does my help come from? The answer is that my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. It stresses and is the reminder that the God of Israel has universal and unbound power, that he's the almighty, all-powerful, everlasting God who rules every place and person, every nation, every continent, everything is within his power, who's creator of heaven and earth, Lord of the sea and land, Lord over all creation, the mountains quake at his presence. It's this amazing, all-powerful God that the writer of Psalms says as they're singing onto the mountain and heading to Jerusalem, wondering, where does my help come from? When I'm broken and hurting and feeling abandoned and lost, where does my help come from? When life is going really good and I'm in the highest of highs, but sometimes in the lowest of lows, where does my help come from? Where do I cry out to? Who do I cry out to? Who do I turn to in times of disappointment and frustration, in times of anger, in the loss of a job, in the loss of a baby, in the raise, in all the good things and the bad? Where do I turn and who do I call out to? And it's God. This all-powerful, mighty God that the people of Israel are saying, our help, our allegiance, our focus, our primary means of figuring out life and figuring out who you are and who I am is to look to God as the all-powerful God as my help. That he has this amazing power and this universal power to meet me where I'm at today. And it's this encouragement for you and I today that we must first look to him before anything else. I want to encourage you today with whatever you face today and in your future, that before you call your mom, that before you call your friend, that before you go posting something, before you look to anything outside of who God is, I want to encourage you to look to God as your primary means of help. 
Go, God, what, what, what do you want from me today? Lord, I'm in this situation. I'm facing this thing. I know I need to talk to other people about this, but Lord, I need to hear from you first. I need to know what your perspective is on this situation. I need to know what your heart is and what your will is, and you are the one who made heaven and earth. And if you made heaven and earth, you made me. I can trust you with my life. I'm gonna go to you first. One person agrees with me today. Amen. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Megan. I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. It goes on to say, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The picture here is very important. This is not a blank check for why we should never struggle or fail or that God will always rescue and deliver. It's important to understand that these verses go together. That God does not rest from his oversight of us. He is always available. He's available, like I said, in the dark night or the personal storm. He's available in the midday sun and the times of celebration. But there were times when Israel felt down by the Lord and questioned his absence. Or they had opened a door to sin and were reaping the consequences of their decision. Or the Lord wanted them to learn something through a trial or a test of their faith. And so what the writer is saying here is there is a purpose in their trial and that God was still at work. One person said it like this, that just because the Lord is quiet doesn't mean he is absent. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Basically what they're saying is that there are going to be times in our lives where we're going to go through things. There are times in our life where we go through trials and difficulty and, be, and they're because of our own doing. Some, a decision that we made, that we found ourselves in a, in a sinful situation, and we reap consequences of those situations. These people of God are reminding us today that the God who is all-powerful and all-knowing, he's not taking any naps. He's not sleeping and wondering, you know, and you're wondering, is he looking out for me? Is he there? But yet there are very times in real life and real feelings where we look to God. Maybe we look to him as our primary. Where we look to God and we think, man, he's so quiet. Is he, is he sleeping? Like I haven't heard from him in months. Is he sleeping? In fact, for some of us here who maybe grew up in, in more charismatic or a Pentecostal backgrounds, sometimes we equate listening to God as the feeling of God. Or the experience of God. And so what ends up happening is that unless we have an experience, unless we cry or we laugh uncontrollably or we dance like David did, unless we feel those type of emotions and, and experience, if that's our background, then somehow we think that God isn't present. You hear what I'm saying here today? And that's sometimes how I felt in the past because that's my experience. And if I haven't had this like wow moment with God where I'm like, he just touches my heart and I'm like weeping like a baby, that somehow God is not near and that he's far. What the people of Israel are saying is that he's not asleep. He hasn't forgotten about us. He's right here with us. Just because he may be silent or maybe isn't as near as we want him to be in this moment doesn't mean he's absent. Doesn't mean he's just given up on you. He's right there 
in every moment, in every situation. When I think about this song, I lift my eyes up to the hills. I think of a song we grew up singing. And if you grew up in church, maybe you remember the song, but it was like, I lift my eyes up to the mountain. Where does my help come from? It was an old song we used to sing in church, but it's again, you got to remember, these are songs. These are songs from people's hearts. And what we've already learned is they're saying, man, I'm in chaos. I'm going through a lot. And where do I get my help? I get my help from the all-powerful, all-knowing God who does not sleep and does not slumber. And though he may be quiet today, he's not absent. And he will speak to me through his word. And he will speak to me through worship. And he will speak to me through his church and his body. He still speaks. Goes on to say that the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the noon by night. See, the the truth here is that the people of Israel are saying the Lord is our refuge in trial. Not that we are delivered out of every trial. In fact, they're saying that there is going to be difficulties at times in life. And yet the Lord will be with you in trial. That he is with us in trial, not that we are always delivered out of every trial. This is a really important thing I think we must understand as Christ followers. Christianity does not promise safety. In fact, Christianity promises risk and persecution and hardship. Aren't you glad that you're a follower of Christ? Can I hear an amen? But that's what Christianity promises. Jesus said, you will be persecuted for your faith in me. Blessed are those who persecute who are persecuted for my name's sake, for theirs is the kingdom. So it's a reminder for you and I today, I will never forget when I sat down with a parent when I was doing youth ministry years ago and, and their daughter was just having a difficult time getting caught up in some things that they were definitely not okay and they were things that, that she should have never been doing. And I remember them sitting down with me and saying, you know what, pastor, but like I, I brought my kids to church. Like, they, they were here Wednesdays and Sundays. I just can't believe this is happening. And I will never forget that conversation. Because the premise of that conversation goes something like this. That if I bring my kid to church, youth group, small group, whatever, that somehow my kid will always be safe, will never make a mistake, and will always please me and God. And yet you and I both know that what, like youth ministry and Sundays is what, like two to three hours at most a week? See, what the author of, of, of Psalms is saying to us, what the people of Israel are saying to us today is that you are going to go through some difficult terrain in life. And you need a foundation. You need to have a, a foundation that's built on the rock of Jesus Christ. And you need to pursue God and know God for yourself. Because it's not... You don't falter in faith in Christ when things are going well. You falter your faith in Christ when you begin to go through trial. In fact, it's when we go through trial, we really determine the real strength of our faith in Christ. It's when we don't understand why God did something, when we don't understand why God didn't answer a prayer, when we don't understand why this person passed away and this person didn't. It's those big questions that we recognize how deep the roots really go 
with our faith in Jesus Christ. It's kind of the testing of our faith. It says, the Lord will watch over you. He will be your shade. He will not let the sun harm your day nor the moon by night, but there will be difficulty. It kind of reminds me of the story in Daniel for just a moment. Very powerful story of the three Hebrew brothers. And, and I'm into this story because, again, I recommended a song last week on the New Hill Song People album. Again, I'm going to recommend another one today. Another one on that album called There's Another in the Fire. Powerful song that I believe comes from this passage of Scripture. But a really, really powerful story here. I want to read just for a moment. I don't have it on the screen. I just want you to just catch this for a minute. It says, Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn and the pipe and these different instruments and every kind of music, you will fall down and worship the image I have made. Well and good. But if you do not worship, you will immediately be cast into the burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? This answer blows my mind. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. This is the best line ever. But if not, be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Look at that faith. Those are some deep roots there. Basically saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, the power that you have has been given by the mighty God, otherwise you would not have any power. And we hear your music and we hear your song and you want us to bow down and sing and worship you. But I'm here to tell you, we serve a God much bigger and stronger than you. We will not bow down and worship to you and he will deliver us. Look at that confidence. But even if he doesn't deliver us, we will still not bow down and worship you. You know what those three boys were saying? They were saying, you know what? God and who he is alone is enough for me. He's enough for me. He doesn't have to do anything more in my life and I will still praise him. He doesn't have to bless me with any more situations or circumstances in my life. I will praise him no matter what happens in my life. One of the things that Kyle mentioned at the worship night about this passage of scripture is that, you know, we think of these boys and we think, man, they went in this fiery furnace and, you know, they, you know, they weren't touched and they weren't burnt and nothing happened. But one of the things he mentioned that I love was that, man, I'm sure they still felt some heat though. It, it wasn't like they didn't feel the heat of the furnace. And I think that's sometimes the trials that we face, that we feel the heat, we feel the pain, we feel the anguish, but yet in the trial, in the pain, in the chaos, in the good, there's another in the fire. His name is Jesus. Can I hear an amen? I'm telling you, man, that People album by Hillsong, I wrote all the songs. No, I didn't. I'm just kidding. They're, it's amazing. You should, you should check it out. Last week, I recommended Highlands, Song of Ascent. Today, there's another in the fire. Download it on your Spotify. Last verse here. It says, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Once again, we must understand how this meant. 
The people of Israel suffered major harm at times. There were times where they were plundered by other nations because of their wickedness. There were times that they were in rebellion. They were in chaos. There were times that they were exiled because of their problems. They were defeated in battle many times. They did not always prosper. Again, this is not a blank check of goodness only. Right now in the theaters is the the Aladdin movie, but it's like the real life Aladdin. I'm sure you've seen the previews. Maybe some of you have seen it. But this is, again, another reminder that this is not like we treat God like genie in a bottle and we rub it and wish whatever we want and God just does it for us. This is not just God's goodness, but it's saying to us that people of Israel are saying that the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. It's this reminder that God is the God always to the very end of the age until he comes back again. It's the reminder for the graduates today of 2019 that wherever you go and whatever God calls you to do, he's gonna watch over your coming in and your going out. It's a reminder for you and I today that if you're taking a risk and gonna apply for a different job and try to change your career, that God will watch your coming in and your going out. It's a reminder here today that you're looking to pop the question and get engaged and look to propose and get married. It's the reminder he's gonna walk you through that engagement, that marriage, and that season of life of being married. It's a reminder if you're trying to learn a new language or you're trying to take up an instrument, you're trying to do something new or different or taking a risk or doing something challenging. It's a reminder that wherever I go and whatever I do and whatever life points at me and however many kids I have and whether they're in the house at 20 or they move out when they're 30, whatever happens, he will watch over. They're coming in and they're going out. And I love this word, forevermore. I just love that word. It just never ends. That I serve this mighty God who's going to watch over me forever and ever until he comes again. And this is, again, this is song. This is poetry. These are, these are words from the heart. They're meant to really speak to the feelings and the emotions that we all have in this place. I just love it so much. The Psalms have meant so much to me in my walk with Christ. I want to ask you this question as we come to the close of this message here, just back to this verse one and two here. It says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I want you to ponder this question today. Where do you turn in help of need? Where, where, where do you turn? What, what, what has your deepest affection and your deepest heart? Where, where do you turn? When, when things are going good and, and things are exciting and life is fruitful, where do you turn? When, when you're in moments of, of, of doubt or frustration or you feel like God is silent, where, where do you turn? When you feel like you've been abandoned, as, as times the people of Israel definitely felt abandoned or that God was completely absent, where do you turn? Do you find yourself looking to God as your primary help of need? Or, or is it a relationship? When, when something's going on in your life and things are crazy, you immediately just flock to that relationship. So, some honestly 
flock to a, a show or a, a binge watch or something that just drowns them out of everything going on. Some, some may flock to a, an addiction, a bottle or a pill or a substance. Some, some may flock to just loneliness and depression and isolation. Rather than turning towards others, you turn inward and you get quiet and sad and you find yourself lonely and broken and forgotten. But I think it's a great reminder that God is saying to you and I today that I am your present help in time of need. That I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That I'm with you now and forevermore. And I'm listening to your cries. I'm listening to your joys. I'm wanting relationship with you. I'm wanting to know everything going on in your life. I'm, I'm like a friend, but I, I'm like a brother, but I stick closer than that. that. That's the kind of relationship that God wants with us. He's saying to you and I today, would you turn to me? I am your help. I love in the message, Psalms 121 reads like this. It says, I look up to the mountains. Does my strength come from mountains? No. My strength comes from God who made heaven and earth and mountains. He won't let you stumble. Your guardian God won't fall asleep. Not on your life. Israel's guardian will never doze or sleep. God's your guardian. Right at your side to protect you. Shielding you from sunstroke. Sheltering you from moonstroke. God guards you from every evil. He guards your very life. He guards you when you leave and when you return. He guards you now. He guards you always. I love that. You go back to the beginning of this message that I opened up with this gal by the name of Amanda Eller. Trapped and lost for 17 days in the Maui forest, completely alone, no GPS, no cell phone, felt completely scared and freaked out for her life. And I love what she said. She says, I chose life. I wasn't going to take the easy way out. I love that. I chose life. It was a decision. In the moment of my pain, in the moment of my anguish, in the good and the bad, I chose life because I believe there's a God who loves me. There's a God who cares about me. He's the almighty God of help and he wants to meet me right where I'm at today. So I choose life. From this time forth and forevermore, I got you. I'm watching over you. I'm with you. Let's go. Let me pray for you today. Lord God, I thank you today that you are the God of help. You are the God that is ever present in time of every need. You do not sleep, you do not slumber. You watch over us, you are, in, you are with us in the trial and you're bringing us through the trial. You meet us in the middle. You hold our arms up. You're the one that's in the fire and we need not be afraid. God, I thank you right now that you are with every single person in this room. Now, your word reminds us you will not leave us. You will not forsake us. 
You are with us today. You are with us when we walk out of this building. You will be with us in that meeting this week. You will be with us in the traffic. You will be with us in the highs and the lows. You are the God that helps. And my prayer today, God, is that we would look to you first. We even repent even now, God, for maybe looking to the wrong thing or looking to the wrong person for the answers that only you have. And I pray, God, that our hearts would align once again to you being our deepest affection, the thing we long for the most, the name that we cry out for first. It's in your good name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Snohomish Sermon Podcast. If you want to keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.